Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what is Mike Time? Mike Time is a set of short stories that have happened throughout my lifetime, experiences of mine throughout my lifetime, that have taught me lessons that I hope will be of value to you. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, deliver advice that sharpens your focus, as well as providing expert information regarding real estate, finance, and market conditions. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Great, great to be here, buddy. I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, Thank you so too. much for doing this. So this is the Mike Litton experience. Mm -hmm. And our podcast, as I told you, is about everybody has a story mm -hmm. and our passion is to help them tell it. And as I was sharing with you before we got started here, we've got some compelling stories and we're super excited to hear yours, Yeah, right? So with your permission, what we're gonna do is we're gonna start from the very beginning. So where were you born? I was uh, born in uh, actually Edina, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. And where's that? Is that just outside Minneapolis? Chicago? Oh, it's oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Minnesota. Okay. It's outside Minneapolis. Uh, I usually uh, grew up in St. Paul. Okay. But uh, you know, in California here, when you say St. Paul, yeah. people are like, "Where's that?" You say <laughs> Minneapolis, and they're like, "Oh, Minneapolis." Yeah. You know, but you say so the Twin Cities. Yeah. Right? So Minneapolis, St. Paul, yep. these are the Twin Cities. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where it's colder. There you go. You yeah, know? a little bit. Yeah. And Just you have what summer that lasts like three days? Yeah, so yeah, like uh, three day summer, uh, nine month winter, and then there's maybe uh, you know twelve days where the weather's just perfect. Right, right. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. It's the sweet spot, right? Right, right. So, so did you grow up in a diner? Uh, nope, I didn't. Uh, by the way, Edina stands for every day I need attention. <laughs> uh, I've actually been there, but you know, really, it's, yeah, it's really. It's pretty ritzy, okay. um, and not that I'm against that sort of thing. I yeah. you know it's just one of those like you know little quips we used to say about um, folks in Edina. But no, I actually so, so I grew up in St. Paul. Yeah, I mean <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, no disrespect, <laughs> fellow Minnesotans. Um, yes, uh, yeah, no but no. So St. Paul. I grew up in St. Paul. Yeah, yeah. So born and raised there uh, up until I moved here in 2016. So what made you move here? Uh, I came here to pursue uh, my music career. Actually. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this: yeah. What was your? Who was? Was there anybody that was sort of the most influential person to you growing up? The most influential person to me growing up? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't teachers. Um, it wasn't really, you know, family members. To be honest, the most influential people for me growing up were songwriters and, and people in, in bands that, okay. I, that I really admired. Um, however, I mean, you know, my father was a big figure in my life. I thought he was just the, the coolest guy. He was real, you know, real sharp, real smart, real put together. Yeah. Um, and my mom, I mean, my mom taught me how to be kind. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's something, uh, I, I think that the best compliment somebody can give me is that, you know, you're a kind person. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's enough of that in the world, especially right now. I agree. Um, but yeah, so, you know, my mom and my dad, but besides that, I mean, you know, like all my heroes were, you know, uh, the Beatles and Nirvana, oh, cool. and, you know, like, uh, some, a lot of the, the bands and stuff. I started playing in bands when I was, 
um, nine. I started writing songs wow. when I was eleven. Really? Yeah, and I've, I've done it my whole life. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started, when you were nine, what did you? What was your favorite thing to play? Um. Well, I mean, you know, I, I was never like I'm not the greatest like technical guitar player. You know, yeah. like I didn't start playing guitar to be like. Uh, I'm gonna be like Jimi Hendrix or anything like that. Um, but you know, I had a knack for songwriting. Okay. And so that's what I used to do. I mean, I, I would write songs, and then I, you know, I formed my first band when I was like ten. Wow. And um, what'd you play? I did. I so I, I write songs. I play rhythm guitar, and I'm the lead singer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so and I played in all kinds of bands. The one right now that's in San Diego is called Avenue Army. Okay. We're actually playing tonight, uh, believe it or not, at the uh, the Holding Company in Ocean Beach. Okay. And um, and yeah. So so, you know, I've, I've done, uh, you know, national touring, regional touring. Um, we were together in Minnesota for a long time. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I kind of like, I count the start of the band almost as like 2013. Gotcha. Even though I started in 2009. The reason is because from 2007 to 2012, I was about uh, as bad of a chronic alcoholic oh my God. as you could be. Okay. And so yeah. So why don't we why don't we do this? Let's let's go back just a little bit. Sure. So um so you go to you go to junior high, go to high school yep. in St. Paul. Yep. Right? Yep. Grow up there. Yep. What was your favorite thing about growing up there? Uh well, I mean, you know, everybody talks about the weather mm -hmm. and uh, you know, you really appreciate other places you visit yeah. when you grow up in a place like that. Yeah. But to be honest, Minneapolis St. Paul is actually it's it's really cosmopolitan, it's really green. Um, there's a lot of fun things to do. There's great restaurants. And so I think growing up, like St. Paul is like a giant town mm -hmm. and Minneapolis is like a little city. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, and, I didn't and, realize that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like the suburban, I mean, there's, you know, there's 3 million people in the whole metro area. So it's pretty big, but you have this like diverse environment of city life and then suburban. And then when you get like out in the regions, there's like farms and quarries and you know all kinds of different um things to do in nature and uh you know i mean i don't know if you've ever been sledding or snowboarding before but uh it's a it's a heck of a lot of fun yeah so i grew up in oklahoma okay and we used to get snow i'm sorry not nearly not nearly as much as as work you guys got <laughs> yeah and not nearly as cold by the way yeah yeah uh, so but we did sled i've never snowed whereabouts we did, sled. we did sled as a kid pakistan Okay. So it's a little town. If you've ever heard of Conoco, uh huh. Okay. Well, Conoco is an oil company. Oh, and, Conoco. Yeah, yeah. The right, company. right, right. I think so, you're talking about like a town or something. Yeah. So Conoco yeah. was actually born in the early 1920s in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Ponca okay. City, Oklahoma, up until a few years ago, was actually a company town for Continental Oil Company, which is Conoco, mm -hmm. right? Um, Phillips, Phillips Petroleum, Phillips 66, the Phillips Petroleum bottom and try and shut down the home office in Ponca City and move everything to Bartlesville where their offices are. Um, so Ponca City, unfortunately, is in decline now. But when I was there, it was a company town. Um, and I spent almost all my time outside and, you know, how we grew up, right? Yeah. You, you play until mom says dinner's ready yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? right. So it was, a, it was a great place to grow up. It was a, it was a, a, an amazing opportunity to, to learn a lot about what I wanted to do, which was to be just like my grandfather, right? And I, so we started farming when I was nine years right. old, right? In fact, the first podcast episode we have on our podcast is a story that I tell of when my, of basically, I just, I just worked my grandfather until he just couldn't say no anymore, right? 
I just closed it like you can't believe. Eddie finally taught me at nine years old how to farm, and I couldn't even reach the pedals on the tractor. Mm. I was too short, mm -hmm. right? But he finally taught me because I wouldn't shut up. Nice. I wouldn't give up on it. But, um, but it was a great way to grow up. And so we did get snow from time to time. We had one or two snow days a year, maybe, sure. right? Um, but we, you know, sled and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah the so seasons are nice, grow, right? Yeah, they really are. Yeah. And, and when you move, I moved, we moved out here when I was 13. And I missed them. You know, I've been out here 43 years. And, you know, it's something, it's one of the things that you miss. What you don't miss is how unbelievably awesome it is out here in terms of weather and, you know, how gorgeous it is here. The greatest place to be. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a contrast. Living there makes you appreciate here, mm -hmm. right? Going back there, it's a great place to visit. It's not some place that I would that I would move back to or live in, right. you know, again, right? Um, but yeah, so I I understand. You get. I it. understand how you feel because it's you know there's a there's a real culture shock when you come out here for being out there. Yep. So uh, yeah. I didn't know that about Minneapolis. Though that's it sounds really cool. It that's is. Hilarious. It is cool. That's, that's awesome. a cool place. You just wouldn't know unless you you spent some time there. So you go to so you go to junior high and high school there, mm -hmm. and once you're out of high school, then what happens? Uh, well, um, sounds like you played music. Well, I, during I, high school, I, right? I did. I played music during high school, but um, you know, I, I I just wanted to be a rock star. That's okay. that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, and people. My parents and you know they were supportive but they also said you know you need to do something practical x y and z um so they just back up yeah 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 and um you know i didn't want to hear that for a long time oh, but um you know right out i mean my you know 17 18 19 i got pretty heavy into drugs and um you know i uh, i started doing some some criminal stuff in my early 20s and so um, you know, the, the people that I was hanging out with, um, a lot of them, you know, now are dead or in jail. And no, is that out here? No, this is in Minnesota. Okay. So yeah. when did, when did you actually move out here? 2016 when I was 31. Okay. So, so, okay. Let me back up. So or did you mean 2007, 2008, 2000, or did you, you said 2017, 2018, 2019. Was that so? No, from, from 2007 to 2012. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's, okay. That's Sorry. When I was like really active in my addiction. I got yeah. you. Okay. So let me ask you this. So when did you graduate? What year did you graduate high school? 2003. Okay. So you graduated high school in 2003. Yep. Well, do you, I, do I you take, I take, I take a job as a telemarketer. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm living with a couple of buddies. Okay. And for the next two years, I bounce around jobs that are dead end okay. and I'm doing drugs and I'm doing criminal stuff. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, when I'm 22, meet a woman in in, uh, in Minneapolis, okay. and um, you know she's living like next door to me and a couple of couple of my roommates, and you know we've got this this place in South Minneapolis, and it's uh, you know it, it's like a it's like a, a drug zone, <laughs> kinda, um, you know, and uh, and you know I, I meet her, get together with her, and um, you know she was great, uh, but. We both drank a lot and we kind of fed each other's, you know, drinking habits and we ended up moving out to the suburbs and I started working for, uh, for Journey's shoe store. You, have you ever seen those in the malls, Journey's, the shoe stores? I haven't, sorry. Anyways, you know, it's like, it's like a footlocker. Like a footlocker, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, you know, I was, uh, I was working like 
80, 90 hour weeks um, at, at, you know, because I was managing these journey shoe stores and the whole time I was, you know, like blasted drunk and just not, not really living, not really living. You know, I was alive, but I wasn't really living. Right. And, um, you know, I, uh, I eventually, what do you, I'm sorry, what do you think, what do you think precipitated the abuse? Like what, what do you think started you getting into that cycle, so to speak? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought that people can talk about. Um, personally, in my experience, I believe I was born an alcoholic. Okay. Um, you know, alcoholism, it's a, a spiritual illness. Yeah. Um, and it's been my experience uh, that, you know, there's just, I was just born with it. I got you. Um, I've always been really compulsive. Yeah. I've always been like, you know, anything that's cool, I want more of it yeah. now. Um, and more is always better. More is always better. And, and, uh, more clear. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you know, so, uh, but I don't spend a lot of time on, like, why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I spend more time on how, you know, how I got out of it and yeah. how I help other people. Well, I'm with you. Yeah. I, the only reason I'm asking is there are people out there that are going to listen to this mm-hmm. that are in the same boat. They're, Absolutely. They're, they're you know, they're getting started or they're, you know, full on into it. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. And, and it's different for everybody. Like, like, you know, I talk to people who have been through what you're, what you've been through mm-hmm. and a lot of them are triggered by something. Like there's something that happens in their life. Somebody sure. dies, somebody, you know, there's all kinds of different yeah. things that take place. That's the only reason that I ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, absolutely. Um, and I mean, uh, there's absolutely, Things that I'm sure triggered and uh, you know exa- there are exacerbated. There is There's a lot of research yeah. into sort of an addictive, you know, oh, for sure, like like how we're built. Like I'm I'm built that way. So okay. if you know if I have a drink, I want seven, mm-hmm. right? Not mm-hmm. one. I want right. And so I try not to have one, right, to stay away from. <laughs> yeah, one too many is enough. Yeah, because it's right. just it just gets out of hand and it's something in my and i think i was born with it too i Mm -hmm. I, it's something in my dna in terms of how i'm built yeah how you're wired that i just you know and coffee's another thing right i love the way coffee makes me feel Mm -hmm. i'm addicted to coffee no two ways about it i just dropped 20 some pounds almost 30 pounds and i had to get off coffee to do it because coffee just is it's like this cycle for me. It's I, I have this sort of addictive gene in me, mm-hmm. right? So I, I truly agree with what you're talking about in terms of in terms of being compulsive and and sort of seeking that particular sure. you know change in how you feel, kind right? Of oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm all about pursuing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So yeah. So I know exactly. I got it. But so so you get into it. Um, it kind of becomes, it sounds like a lifestyle. You've got friends around you that are, and, you're, and the girl you're with and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It sounds like you're kind of spiraling. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely spiraled. And, um, you know, I mean, I had friends that were doing it, but most of them weren't really at my level. And so, yeah. you know, eventually, uh, you know, you, you start showing up and, and people kind of look at you and, and, uh, and there's like the expression on their face is like a mixture of like pity and disgust <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean i've seen that look um you know so yeah like one by one i was losing jobs you know i worked at guitar center for a while and i had a boss there that 
this guy was really influential for me too, actually, because, you know, he was uh, recovered and, you know, he could kind of spot it in me and I'd be showing up to work and I'd, you know, smell like alcohol because I was drinking in the morning um, or I was, you know, going out to my car and drinking and, you know, he would take me to his office and he'd be like, you know, I know what you're doing, you know, he, kind of, he would like, you know, make it clear yeah. and um, it got to the point where I lost that job. I remember calling him one morning because I missed a meeting and I was like sobbing on the phone and saying, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm no good and I'm this and I'm that. And he's like, no, you know what? That's BS. You gotta, you know, you, you're, you're not a loser. You're not no good. Um, you know, but you need to straighten this situation out. And so, you know, he ended up firing me and, um, you know, uh, I, I would, I started going to Alcoholics Anonymous at that point. Okay. 2008 was my first meeting. I remember driving there. I had this like 92 Toyota Celica mm -hmm. and I'm driving and I'm, I had to pull over like every, you know, four blocks, open the car door and vomit out of the car door. And I started going to meetings just because you were nervous. No, because I was drunk. Oh, God. I was hung over. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, what? Yeah, when I say like chronic alcoholic, I mean that I woke up and I would drink twenty four seven. I had to drink about a pint in order to function. And um, you know, as, as this progressed over the next few years, um, you know, I would be in detox every other night. At one time, I blew a point four two when I was admitted in the hospital, and they had to like, you know, like pump me to to get me awake and coherent um you know i woke i woke up in a different state one time i mean i would black out for you know weeks so um so, so legal limit in in minnesota is 0.08 is it 0.08 yeah the, 0.08 yeah so what we, is that three times the legal limit eight, four times 24 yeah so like, four I, times? yeah i mean at least at least yeah. five actually yeah five yeah times. five times the legal five limit. times the legal limit. yeah yeah oh my goodness um you know, and uh, and so you know, I, I, I was I went to, to AA, but that didn't really catch. I mean, you know, I rode the relapse roller coaster for a while, and I went to outpatient treatment centers and inpatient treatment centers, and um, it didn't click for me until uh, I was actually I was in Fairview uh, Medical Treatment Center, which is a you know it's a hospital in Minneapolis, and they have a, a treatment an inpatient treatment center, yeah. and I you know I you, you get to make phone calls every day if you want. And I called my stepmom, and my stepmom had said, you know, I'm glad things are going well for your treatment, but I got to tell you, we found out that your dad has cancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, I, so my dad got bladder cancer in uh, May of 2012, oh. and I got out of the hospital, um, you know, done with treatment. I went back to work. At, at this point, I, I was working at like a gas station, you know what I mean? Like. Whatever just whatever I could get, um, you know, and, and I had been living with my 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 stepmom and my dad for a few years prior to um, like an all out blow up. Like I drove myself to the hospital in their Jeep and I called like, like you know, and they were like, all right, you know, I, sh I remember showing up one day and my stuff was, you know, in the doorway and they're like, sorry, you, know, you got to go. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, after that, I, I found my dad gets cancer. And um, I stay sober for a few months, and then um, you know I start I start drinking again um, because I wasn't working any sort of program. And uh, you know I, he took a turn for the worse. He had surgery; they they got that out, but then he had a, a series of small aneurysms, and um, and then he had one massive one. 
and he wound up, you know, in the hospital. But basically, I remember getting a call from my uncle one day, and he's like, you know, uh, there's really nothing that they can do besides keep him comfortable. And so, you know, I asked him, I remember saying, like, so you're saying that my dad's going to die. And he, like, I feel bad for him because I, like, I forced him to say it, you know what I mean? But eventually he said, yeah, yeah, he's going to die. And, you know, I I just um, went on a spree. Like, you know, I, I, and I was like even down at the hospital, drunk, you know, like just, just a complete mess. And, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, um, and so he, you know, he finally, he did pass away and the, his funeral, um, was at the cathedral in St. Paul. He was a judge. My, my stepmother was a lawyer, very successful lawyer. Um, and they, they had the, 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 um, the funeral at the cathedral, which is this, you know, really big, cool building, this historical building. And um, I couldn't even make it, you know, we went to the funeral, went to the reception, but I'm just, I'm withdrawn, like something terrible. Um, and, and not to mention the night before I had taken like a whole bottle of benzos, left my car on and shut my garage door, trying to, uh, to uh, commit suicide. Yeah. And uh, luckily, I got a phone call from a guy who became my sponsor, pretty much just in time. And uh, you know, he's like, uh, you know, open the door, go make yourself throw up, um, you know. And so that guy, that's the, the first time that you know somebody in, in AA really saved my life was that day. What made him call you? Well, I I had been trying to reach him because okay. he's a guy that I had met in treatment. Okay, and. I guess I just lucked out that he uh, happened to call back at just the right time. What made you reach out to him? Oh, I, I wanted help. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was rough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was at that at that point. I was like, look, man, I, I can't stop drinking. I don't know what to do. Everybody's kicking me out. You know, I, the, the the girlfriend I was with, which is a- after the previous one, like I put this woman through just just hell. You know what I mean? Um, and uh you know the, so luckily i came out of that and it's gotta be rough that's gotta be rough to be so to feel so out of control yeah that you're gonna lock yourself in a, in a garage and take a bottle of pills yeah and just and yeah just, and just be done with it yeah well and that, that wasn't even the first attempt. I, mean, I, I had a previous suicide attempt as well which i don't remember um you know, was, I tried to hang myself in the garage, and I don't remember that because I was literally blacked out. Yeah. And, you know, after that, I was in the psych ward for a couple of weeks, and I tried to talk, you know, ah, no, you know, just a rough night. Like, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> the doctors are like, no, I'm sorry, buddy. You got to stay in here for a while. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that wasn't the, the, even the first one. But the reason why I, I bring this up is because something incredible happened to me at my, my dad's funeral. We have the funeral. I'm at the, the reception after it, and um, the, I had this feeling of just, sh- like my ego was just absolutely 100% smashed. Oh. Just like, the, you know, the, looking at the people there, going through it, like not even be, like I wasn't even able to like conjure up emotion to like grieve my dad because I was so selfish that I was just like, oh, like, you know, I don't feel good. And, um, you know, I, I like made everything about me, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, like really, that's my, my, that was my MO in life. Like, 
me, 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 you know, what else, you can't love me enough, what else is that all you got, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that just crushed me, it just crushed me, and uh, the day after, I, I went and I, you know, called this guy, and I said, look, man, I will do whatever, I, you know, I don't care what, what I will do, whatever you tell me to do, I just don't want to ever drink again. And um, that guy, his name is Bob. He's the only guy named Bob I know that's younger than me. (laughs) And uh, he became my sponsor and later my friend. And he was the best man at my wedding. Oh, wow. Um, But, you know, he took me through the steps. And he's like, this is exactly what you're going to do. He took me through exactly how he was taken through. And um, I have not had a drink of alcohol since December 19, 2012. Congratulations, bro. Thanks. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. What were the steps? The step the, the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. The steps that he took you through. We took you through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. Yeah. Do you mind do you mind talking about those? Um, I mean we that 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 can be a, a fairly in-depth conversation, but if I was gonna summarize it, you know, um it's a, a process that that brings you through a psychic change. Okay. You know, first you have to identify and admit that you have an issue. Um, and that's really but with, that's hard to do. It is. It is hard to do. Nobody, you know, it's like it says in the book. No, nobody wants to admit that we're bodily and mentally different than our, you know, than others. Right. But uh, you do have to accept that. With yeah. no acceptance, if you're resisting the problem, it's just going to persist. Well, it's like you said. Your ego was just crushed. Like you mm-hmm. just couldn't get right any lower. Right. Right. You just buried your dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, this had to have been. This had to have been a really dark time. It was. It was a very. It was a very dark time. And you're reaching out, and you you had tried the day before to attempt suicide, right? And so, I mean, I you know, thank God Bob called you when he did. Yeah, I mean, right? it's, it's very it's very fog. You know, some bits of it are very foggy yeah. and hazy. You know, and you don't really realize like, oh my God, like how crazy it was until right. you get out of the other side. And you're looking back and going, wow. right. Yep. This is something, right? Yeah. So so the steps that you went through that Bob took you through. Yeah, the twelve steps of alcohol and alcoholics and alcohol. Gotcha. Yeah. So the first one is you've got to get to a place to where you admit that you're different. You gotta get to a yeah. place to where you admit that you yeah. know what, I've got yeah. some flaws. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well that I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. And there's no doubt about it in their mind. You know, and then the next thing, you know, you have to admit that your life is unmanageable. So I'm sitting there like Suicide attempts, psych ward stays, um, you know, blacking out, driving thousands of times without remembering it. Can't uh, keep a job. Yeah, right? can't keep yeah. a job, right? Um, and I, you know, interestingly enough, I managed to. Uh, I, I was. I'm a psychology. I have a psychology degree. Okay. And for the first half of my my uh, my schooling, I was like operating at like a point three eight blood alcohol level. I don't know. And I and I uh, I I aced college I did great yeah you know, I came I, I don't know how I where'd I you go to that. college uh Metropolitan State okay uh, University okay is that that's my, St. Paul I got you okay yeah yeah okay. um but yeah you know uh so unmanageable and then you have to admit that you know you can't control it yeah so no human power can control it my mom can't help me my you know my friends can't and you can't force somebody to you know, no human power is going to give you a stop. Nobody's going to save you. Right. You're going to have to save yourself. So it's got to be something bigger. It's right. got to be something higher. Right. And, um, you know, and, and that takes surrender. You know what I mean? So I could no longer run the show. Yeah. And so when my ego was crushed and I went to Bob and I said, that's it. I'm done. He said, okay, I'm going to tell you what to do. And I said, okay. 
And um, so, to your credit, you did everything that he told you. I to did do. everything that he told me to do. Okay, I did everything he told me to do. So you, so you go through all twelve steps, mm -hmm. and that's back there, mm -hmm. right? And what happens? Like you go through all of it. This is quite a journey, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the twelve steps take time. So how long? Well, you how know, long it, a process was? It? Interestingly enough, the twelve steps are not supposed to take time. Okay. You're supposed to get through them as quickly as possible so okay. you can turn around and help the next person. Okay. I have a lot of sponsees, you know, I've had people be like, well, isn't, you know, isn't this kind of fast? And I say, look, man, you know, how long do you want to stay sick? Yeah. You know, we want to get you through these quickly so you can turn around and then bring somebody else through. And there's a step in there where you make phone calls and you go meet with people, right? Yeah, you well, I mean, yes, I mean, the, the 12th ask, step. You ask for forgiveness, basically. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you, you make amends. It's a redemption thing. Exactly. Yeah. So so the, the biggest turning point, you know, in the steps for me it was, one was, you know, you do a fifth step mm -hmm. with, a, with a sponsor mm -hmm. and uh, you basically empty out your closet. Here's everything I've done. You know, this is who I'm resentful towards. Here's why. Here's what they did. Here's my part in it. And you talk about all the ugly, nasty things that you've done that you are ashamed of. You wouldn't want everybody to know. Right. And when I did that for the first time, um, you know, my sponsor's like, oh, all right. Yep. Oh, yep. Uh, I did that too. Okay. You know, and um, by being so vulnerable, and I, I apply this to business too, by the way, by, by creating a connection of vulnerability. That's what that does. Mm -hmm. When you bare your soul to somebody, and they know everything about you. Mm -hmm. That that after doing that, after I was done with that, it was like this giant weight was just lifted off. I'll and bet the process of doing it though was really difficult. I'll bet that was painful. It was. It was painful to to, to sort of. Oh to yeah. Sort of, but then cathartic, right? After oh yeah. Oh for like, sure. Oh, yeah. Right. It's you know what I I it's just like you've seen the Shawshank Redemption. Uh -huh. So when Andy Dufresne is crawling through that sewer tunnel, yeah, right, yeah. and it's like full of feces and all kinds of nasty things, and at the end he pops up and he's free. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, you know, you got to sometimes you got to crawl through the you know what. Yeah, before you reach the end, and it's it can be a painful journey. So yes, that was painful, but after it was incredible. Yeah, and then you know the amends process. Uh, you know, your ninth step when you go and you make amends wherever possible, it did that as well. And some of those that I thought were going to be really hard went great. And yeah. some of them that I thought were going to be easy were really tough. What if I ask you a question? <laughs> go for it. So I'm a big proponent of asking, I know this is going to sound, you're, it's not going to sound foreign to you because you're in the middle of this process right, right. with me. But I'm a big proponent about digging deep. Yeah. And the reason that I dig deep is people have emotions, they have hurt, they have pain, they have things that are bottled up inside. Yep. And they haven't let it out. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And then I'll sit with them and I'll ask them, just like I'm doing with you, I'll ask them questions, right? And I'll end up pulling things out of them that they end up, once they actually say it, it doesn't feel as big. Right. Like when it's trapped in here, mm -hmm. it feels monstrously large. Yes. Right. Yeah. But once you actually get it out, once you actually verbalize it, all of a sudden, I mean, I I can't tell you how many people have turned to me and go and say, that felt so much bigger when I was keeping it in here. Yep. Right. Yep. 
And now I have, I feel a lot. So that that cathartic experience that you went through, I've I've actually I've actually been through not that, but I've been through something similar to that with a lot of people, right? Where they just they just they sort of unload, and then once they unload, they're like, oh wow, that felt so much bigger when I you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that something you've experienced too? Because it's oh, just yeah, I mean absolutely. it's like it's like anyway I just yeah. I just no, well that the, the reason I mean the the greatest thing about fellowship and not even just Alcoholics Anonymous but just having somebody who I, I have I'm I'm a big proponent of everybody should have one person that knows everything about them yeah and I mean everything yeah um, but the reason why that's so powerful is because you know. You don't know. You may say something that you you think this. You're harboring this deep secret, and when you say it to somebody, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, that exact same thing happened to me." Oh wow! And so that is like, okay, like that's a connection. Now this is a safe person, right? Yeah. Now I I know I can talk to this person. This person is not going to judge me. Yeah. This person is not going to criticize me. They're not going to, um, you know, cast me out. That's why the sponsor thing with AA is such a huge deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and. Bob's sitting there and saying, you know what? I've been through that too. Yeah. I experienced that too. You know, it's a, you know what I mean? Yep. It's like, that's a huge, huge deal. That's yep. the biggest part I think of, of AA, right? In terms of a sponsor walking you through everything. Mm -hmm. That's a cool deal. Man. Yeah, it is. It's okay. So you get through the 12 steps, yep. right? And that's back there. Yep. And this is what year is this? Uh, well, I mean, I got through them, you know, uh, end of 2012, beginning of 2013. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And, but I, I do them every couple of years. I go back to them. Okay. So, so you, so to end of 2012, beginning of 2013, you, you basically get through all that. Yep. You're now active in the, in the AA process, right? Yep. So you're going to meetings and all yep. that kind of thing, yep. right? Uh, are you sponsoring people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So absolutely. you're jumping in and, and helping. Yep. Absolutely. That's cool, man. Yep. That's got to make you feel good. Yeah. So, and I bet, and I bet, I bet it made Bob feel good to take, to help you through this process. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Absolutely. How amazing. Yeah. You know? So 2013, what are you doing for a living? What are you? Uh, so in 2013, I started working, believe it or not, as a preschool teacher. Okay. And, um, I, you know, I was playing in my band and that was the biggest thing. You know, once I, I got my head cleared, yeah. I really started applying everything and, you know, started playing a lot more shows. We started releasing music, started going on tours. Um, Why preschool teaching? Well, you know, I, uh, I love, I've always loved kids. Like I've always been that guy, like at the grocery store yeah. where kids just, they're just fat. I don't know what it is, but maybe they just see me as a light, you know, non-threatening presence, which yeah. I would hope. But kids are just, they're attracted to whatever energy I give off. You have a cool spirit, dude. Thank you. You really do. I mean, Thank you're you. you're somebody that people want to hang out with. Yeah. Like, I'm nice. thoroughly enjoying this. You know good, what I mean? Good. Like, right? Good. I mean, I know we're talking about painful stuff, but yeah. But you you're really you're articulate. You've got a you've got a great energy about you. I mean, it's it's cool. I you appreciate know? I mean, that. I hope I hope people get that from yeah. from listening and from seeing from watching. Oh, I hope so too. So, hey, if Mike said it, it's got to be true. Yeah. Okay? See, see, it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, you know, I don't know, but I've always been passionate about kids yeah. and early childhood education and um, things like that. And so, what I, was your favorite thing about being a preschool teacher? Um, having twelve little people think that you are just the coolest person. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and showing them compassion and kindness and um 
you know. They're like little blank slates. Yeah. Right? Right, which is scary, but it's yeah, also it, it is. It's also great. <laughs> you know? um, but, you know, that job didn't pay very well. Yeah. And, uh, you unfortunately. know. Unfortunately. Right, unfortunately. And I always, you know, I, I, I wanted to be a therapist. Okay. I wanted to be like an LMFT or maybe a drug and alcohol counselor. Um, so, you know, hence the psychology degree. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, I got kind of like, I'm focusing on my band, I'm doing this preschool thing, and then I uh, start running the daycares, the the, the centers, the oh, early wow. childhood centers. Okay. So I got into like the, the management of it. Seems like you keep Business being drawn into leadership. Yeah, oh, right. I've, I've even, always been. Even always before, been. even always. before, mm-hmm. right, when you were in your addiction and do it right, you were managing stores and you were, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. I've, I've always naturally, you know, usually if I work at a place, um, not too long after, they're usually like, well, we want to put you in some sort of leadership. Yeah, I, it's it's your personality, yeah. man. It's it's you, you care so deeply. Yeah. And it's obvious, yeah. right? And it's, and that's, that's the magnet. That's the thing. People want to put you in leadership position because you can lead, mm-hmm. right, from your heart. It's yep. just, it's cool. Okay, yep. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so, that's okay. So you're, so you, so you end up running the center. Yeah, yeah. I did that, and uh, you know, I met. Still my, doing the band still, thing. Oh yeah, still right. doing the band thing, and um, so yeah, I got to a point where uh, I met uh, my my now ex-wife. Okay. We started, we started, you know, we got together, and um, I moved really quickly and compulsively <laughs> into that relationship, and um, I. Uh, Got together with her. I proposed a few months later. We got married a few months later, um, and then we moved out here. Uh, okay. You know, we wanted a change, and so I ended up transferring to one of the centers out here. Okay. And um, so, whose idea was it to move to California? Mine. Okay. I always wanted to come out here. Okay. I always want to come out here and pursue music. You know, okay. be, you know and. And uh, it's funny because on our honeymoon, I took her, you know, I was like, well, let's check out L.A. I want to go, you know, okay. show it to you. And, you know, she's from the Dakotas. And we got up there and she's like, I'm not doing it. Like, yeah. we can move out here, but I'm not living here. This place is a jungle. Right. Yeah. So so we actually moved to Oceanside. Okay. And, um, you know, so I, you know, I re- rebuilt my band. Okay. Started playing, you know, playing all the clubs in Hollywood, playing all the places in San Diego, going on short tours. Bakersfield, Arizona, Las Vegas, you okay. know, that's so I'm doing all that. Um, and you know, when you have a band, a band is a business. Mm-hmm. And if you want to these, you know, these days, people aren't record companies aren't throwing money at you. Sure. There's no talent agents going out there. It's not how it works anymore. Not the way it, you it's have to a get whole your, different world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you have to get yourself to a certain realm mm-hmm. before, you know, anybody will be like, okay, look, let's, you know, pay some attention to these guys. Right. So I learned marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, budgeting, uh, productivity, organization. Yeah, yeah, dude, there's no yeah. school for it. Right? Yeah. So I started doing that. It's real hard knocks. I'm out here, I'm in business development, and this company I'm working for, they don't, you know, I, I realized one day that, you know, they don't really care about kids. They, the kids, is they're just dollars. Yeah, they're numbers. Yeah, like, you know, cut costs, cut this, get as many kids in there as you can, yeah. you know, just do whatever. You know, so, like, the quality that the kids were getting, in my viewpoint, was tanking. Yeah. And um, we got this new boss, and this woman came in, and just flat out didn't like me. Yeah. I, you know, I think there's, I don't know why, but uh, you know, and the whole time I'm talking to my sponsor about this, like, man, I, like, I don't know what's going on. There's nothing I can do to please this woman. He told me something that stuck with me to this day, and I still believe it to this day. And I've had multiple experiences. He says, Max, if God doesn't want you to do something, eventually He will make it impossible. Isn't that the truth? 
right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying to force this path over. Right. Right. And I remember my third step. I'm like, oh yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not in charge. Right. And eventually, it got to the point where I knew this woman was gonna fire me, um, because you know she just wanted to clean house, and so I ended up quitting. And I was like, well, what the hell am I gonna do now? Right. right? Like. I don't want to, you know, I, I, what skills, like I, I you know, the, the, the median income of a psychologist isn't good enough for a San Diego lifestyle. Right. Not to mention my, you know, we had a kid, yeah. so I got a daughter. Oh, wow. And um, I'm like, well, I know how to market. Mm-hmm. I know how to sell things. Mm-hmm. So let's see what I can do there. And I put out a bunch of resumes. And I ended up getting hired at a company called New Venture Escrow. Okay. You heard a new venture? I've used new venture. There you go. Yeah. So Albert Tapia is my guy. Albert's the man. Yeah. He's and and he is one of the best. Yes, he is. Yes, he, he is, is good. Um, so I, I start hundreds of deals with him. Right, right. Yeah. But you know, I, I go to this interview there, and Casey LeBlanc, CEO, president. Mm-hmm. You know, he um, he interviews me, and uh, he basically, you know, he asked me questions like, "Have any real estate?" And okay, I, and I forgot. I have a real estate license as well. Okay. So I, I got that right before I moved out here. Right. My plan was to hit it hit it rich in right. real estate, right? Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. I'm not a very good agent, but you know, that's a, a different story. Right. Anyway, so you know, I go to this interview, I tell them, you know, I got my, you know, I know how to market, I got my my uh, real estate license, X, Y, and Z, but I don't know anything about escrow. I don't know, you know, anything. And he's like, you know what? I like you, yeah. so I'm gonna hire Yeah. And um, and he hires me. And this guy in the next four years teaches me more about business mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship and leadership than anybody ever wild d um i owe casey a great deal and he you know he probably doesn't even know that yeah. um but like the level he operates on and like see the energy and the passion and um you know uh, it just like lit a fire inside you know, yeah, and cool. um, yeah, and so you know, I, I was I was working there. I was the marketing director. Cool. So you know, I do that, and then on the side, I kind of start scaling up a freelance marketing, digital marketing, because it's expensive out here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I guess uh, you know, I, I worked there for a while. Then I ended up leaving New Venture. Mm-hmm. I got a great offer to go work for First Team Real Estate. Okay, I know um, them too. Yeah, yeah, First Team, and I worked with the, the product. Uh, the chief product officer, I was a marketing specialist. I worked for them for a while, still scaling up my own business. And then I had another one of those, those, if God doesn't want you to moments, right? <laughs> Here we, we get, go. We get, I get, we get, the, get a new get boss. The we get a foot, new right? boss. Yeah, she's great. But, you know, um, I, I, I just, you know, my, my, my girlfriend now, who is super, super successful, you know, I ended up getting divorced in 2020. Um, and that's what I'm working for new venture. And, you know, I, I, um, I meet this new, this new woman and, uh, I've got my side business and I decide to incorporate it. And one day, you know, I have a, a conversation with my new boss at first team and, um, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I call my sponsor up. I'm like, man, this is what's going on. And then he said, my, my current sponsor, mm-hmm. a guy named Alex, he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's from Philly, yeah. so he's a no BS kind of I guy. Love you know, he'll come, I love you know, it. pull your head out of here. That's you know right. I mean? That's right. I need yeah. people like yeah. that because yeah. I'm, you know, I like to sugarcoat. I can, yeah. I can, I can rationalize anything. That's it. That's um, it. And he says, <laughs> he says, you know, Max, maybe you're just at a point in your life where you can't work for anybody. Maybe you got to be the boss. 
And um, this guy's wise, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that and that was it. And you know, some people are like that, and some people aren't. But you know, I talked to my girlfriend about it. She goes, "Look, wait, you can do it. You can do it." So I quit my job, and I've just been focusing on my uh, my business, my consulting business now, which is essentially a, you know it's a full stack digital marketing agency right. where I can help um, pretty much anybody grow their business online. Okay. Um, but you know, real estate agents are kind of my bread and butter because I've okay. worked with a lot of real estate agents, okay. real estate lending, all that. So let's talk about that specifically. So mm-hmm. you start that mm-hmm. as sort of a side hustle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, and you know, dude. A lot of us have side hustles, yes. right? Because living out here, you've got to have more it's than necessary. one source. Yeah, you've got to have more than one source of income. That's right. Um, and and by the way, real estate agents have side hustles too, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, um, so so you so I you know I've been in I've been in real estate for thirty one plus years, mm-hmm. right? We owned a Keller Williams office for eighteen years. Okay. In Escondido. Um, so I've been around the block a few million times. Yes. Right? <laughs> and I've been in those spots where. I was working with somebody or working for somebody, and then somebody comes in and you're like, "Oh boy, mm-hmm. right?" I turned down one of the one of the biggest opportunities ever in my life, and I'm talking epic opportunity. Okay, I was asked to be a CEO of a franchise of twelve real estate offices in San Diego. Wow! I'd never run a real estate office in my life, and they came to me and said. We want you to be the CEO of this five office franchise. So the, the current owner and founder is grooming me basically to, to take his spot as the CEO because yeah. he wants to go do something else. Right. Completely different, right? And none of his kids wanted to take the spot. Okay. So so in the meantime, while he's grooming me quietly, privately, he ends up selling to this other franchise that has seven offices. Now it's 12 combined, right? And I basically, he said, I said, you know, what's going on? Yeah, how did he, he break goes, that too? He goes, you're going to run all of it. He goes, don't worry. You're going to run all of it. Like, cause he, the other guy wants to retire too. I'm like, okay. So then we go, I, he sets up a meeting and I go meet with him. My gut, the entire time that I'm sitting there is telling me, no, 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 no. This is not somebody you can report to this. No, I end up walking away from him. Huge opportunity, biggest opportunity of my life, probably right at the time. Walked away from it, and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Considering what happened in the future and all that kind of thing, I think the future would have been different if I was running the place. But I just had gotten to a point in my career where God was slamming a door, yeah. and I knew it. I just knew it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to like, learn to trust. Yeah, you do. It's hard that. though. It's hard. It's very hard. Because we think we can control everything. Ego. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, oh, that money, that yeah, power, that yeah, success. Right? I, I want that. It doesn't matter. I can I can work. I can, through. That's it. That's it. I can make it through this thing. I can force this thing. Right? But it's like, I got to a point where I walked out of that meeting and I just went, no. 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 So... So you so you so you have this side hustle that you started in digital marketing, mm-hmm. right? And you're a new venture at the time. Mm-hmm. And what you're looking to do is you're looking to supplement your income because it's it's expensive here. It's yes, it expensive is. to live here. Right. So you do that, it grows, mm-hmm. you go to first team, it mm-hmm. continues to grow, mm-hmm. you end up leaving first team and now you're doing that full time. Yes. Okay, so tell us because when people hear digital marketing, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily know exactly what it is. Right. So let's 
let's get specific. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting specific about everything. With you no, that's good. That's good. But I like it. Let's talk specifically about, first of all, what made you start in digital marketing? Mm -hmm. And then how has that evolved? Let's talk about that sure. specifically. So, so your new venture. Yep. What makes you decide to go into digital? What makes you decide to, to start this, this side hustle? Well, I mean, I was the, the marketing director for right. that company. Right. And I, I had just, I've been getting a, a cra an extreme crash course on business gotcha. by a man who just believed in me no matter what. And then he, you know, cool. he would hand me projects and I'd be like, Casey, I don't know how to do this. He'd be like, well, figure it out. You're the guy. I love You're it. the guy, you know? I love and it. so. It just baptism by fire, it, baby. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, um, and I had a background in so you know my band, the social media, running yeah. a website, things like that. And so I was, and and I I discovered through working for that company that I, I really enjoy watching things grow. Gotcha. Okay. And I really enjoy when somebody, and having a hand in it. Yeah, when somebody okay. has a passion for what they do. Yeah. For a business. Yeah. I just I just get excited by. Yeah. Like, I hope that's phenomenal. I'd like to help you grow that. Yeah. And so that's essentially, you know, I just kind of like got hooked on that. Okay. And um, so that's that's why I started, you know, I was like, well, geez, I'm okay at this. I can make some money doing this. So did you see, did you see a need? Like, were you, were you working at New Venture doing what you were doing and you saw that people needed yeah. Help with digital marketing. Yeah, yeah. Espe yeah, there was a lot. I mean, you know. Especially uh, realtors. Yeah, right? a lot of real estate agents were like, you know, sometimes like, and I, I, this still happens to me, but as like, as a, as a, as a marketer, there's all these terms and things that, that you know, and you just assume that everybody else knows them. Yeah. Right? Realtors do that too. Right. 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 Realtors assume that people know what listing is. Right. They think they know what escrow is. They right. think they know what title is. And people look at you and go, uh, I don't know what that is. Excuse me. Right. <laughs> and so that that you know we were I was I noticed that with a lot of agents you know that we would talk to. Well, you know I need help. I don't know how to do this. I you know I'm, I'm confused about social media. What do I post? When do I post it? What kind of content is good? How do I get more website visitors? How do I promote my listings? Why isn't my direct mail working? How do I make my emails back? So like you know I just started to um, just be absorbed. And you know the the escrow sales reps. Um, you know, they're there to function as sort of an extension of a real estate agent's team. Now, we, you know, we you can never do anything unethical or, you know, pay for marketing and things like that. But, you know, real estate agents are always looking for how to expand, how to grow, how to Well, you can add value, value though. Exactly. I mean, you can come from a place of contribution. Oh, always, that's, always. That's what I think is your secret sauce. Yes. Yeah. You care deeply. For, oh, for sure. Right? Absolutely. And so you're wanting to figure out a way to yeah. help them advance and right. help them take their passion and do better with exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that's so that's cool. So right. so you keep so you you're doing all this mm -hmm. and and all of a sudden you're starting to go, okay, they're they're asking a lot of they're asking for a lot of advice. They're asking a lot of questions. They're asking yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, there was a need. There was yeah. definitely a well, need. Well, were they were they coming to you and you were giving them advice and then they were coming back and going, "Can you just do this for me?" Um not at first. No. I mean, I uh, I I mean, I guess yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> um, it didn't, it, you know, I would, I was kind of like a middleman at first okay. where I would like do what I could and yeah. then anything that I couldn't, I would try to like refer or I'd be like, uh, maybe I can pay somebody on Upwork to do it for you. me, you know I what I mean? Yeah. But then, um, I, you know, I, yes, I did get to a point where I was like, nope, like I need to know 
every aspect of everything and I need to be like the high level guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, I did. I, I started saying, oh, you need you need this? Okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Even if I couldn't do it. And right. I was like, well, you know, uh, University of Google and University of YouTube. All right. right they, can, uh, they can teach me pretty much anything right. that I don't know. Right. So I started doing that. And then, yeah, like I got to a certain point where I was like, okay, you know, I'm making more, more revenue now. Um, so I'm going to have X, Y, and Z people do the stuff that I can't stand doing or maybe I'm, or maybe I'm just not as good. Like, yeah. you know, like uh, I, I'm not great at everything. There's right. certain, you know, I'm not going to code a website because yeah. I can't, don't like doing it. Right. And also it's just not my skill set. So, I'm, you know, find somebody else that's good at it, hire them and then get out of their way, man. You know, like you. let people do that. And so yeah, now, like, I mean, it's, you, you could come to me in any aspect of digital marketing. So let's get let's get specific. So yeah. digital marketing is search engine optimization. Okay. Content creation. Okay. So hold on. For people that don't know what search engine optimization or SEO is, mm -hmm. explain it. Yeah. So search engine optimization is uh, effectively um, edits and content that you put on your website and changes that you make to your site structure so your site is healthy. Um, so Google and other search engines rank you as high as possible for whatever you're trying to be ranked for. So it's the secret sauce, basically, right? It's the secret sauce that helps if somebody if somebody goes out and Googles a certain thing, mm -hmm. your site ends up higher exactly. on that on that sort of list, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. So searching and optimization is they go out and search something and you would otherwise be on page 18, mm -hmm. right? You end up on page one or two. Exactly. Okay. And yep. so that's so that's what SEO or search engine optimization is. Correct. Is, is basically the secret sauce that it takes to have in terms of content, in terms of whatever, right? How you design your site, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That Google then recognizes it and pushes it higher. Right. And you, okay. you get more visits. So you work the algorithm, so to speak. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So that's search engine optimization. Search yep. engine optimization. Yep. So what else? Uh, well, content creation. Okay. We uh, write blog posts. Okay. We create landing pages. We create email marketing, email okay. copy. What's a landing page? A landing page is a, like a, a, a one a one scroll page that's usually designed to capture lead info. Okay. So um, somebody's somebody's on a site, mm -hmm. or they're in an email, and it says, "For more information, click here." Yep. You exactly. click there, and you have to put your contact information in to get whatever it is that they're offering. That yes, on, on a form. Yes, so but, the, but the landing page is usually, you know, there's a certain formula to them. There's there's a heading, a subtitle. There's um, you know specific copy that is used intentionally right. to create you know desire and evoke some emotions because we actually do make uh, purchases based off emotion, not logic. Yeah. No matter what anybody tells you, it's trust me, it's on emotion. It's absolutely true. <laughs> and um and yeah so you the, justify it with logic. Right. You exactly. make them, you justify right. it with logic. Right. You That's make the exactly decision right. Well. right. 100 percent gotcha. And so yeah the landing page is like an extra sales tool, gotcha. if you will. So but it collects information. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, keep going. Sorry, I just I want to make sure people because some yeah, people, yeah. some people are listening to this yep. may not know what a landing page is. Sure, sure. SEO. So yeah, so it's said, like think about it as as a you know a a, a funnel. Mm -hmm. So if you want to attract people online, right? Chances are about whatever your business is, people are asking questions about it. Right. If I need to do some home improvement, the first thing I'm gonna I'm not gonna look go look for a company right away and then call them, I'm probably going to go into Google and say, what 
home improvements will add more value to my home before I sell it, right? Now, if I'm a, a smart real estate agent, I'm gonna have a blog post literally titled, what home improvements should you make to add a value to your home before you sell it? Right. And I'm gonna give a detailed, complete, long form with pictures, with big, like a really nice optimized blog post. Links. Yep, yep, backlinks, hyphens, all of that. Um, and, and, and I'm also going to include some, uh, you know, compelling calls to action. Right. Um, and I'm probably going to offer something for free too, right. because the rule of reciprocity says if I give something away, that person is more likely to give me something in return. Right. So if I say, you know, here's your blog post, you get the whole rundown, fill out the full form here for the complete or for the checklist or for, um, you know, my complete guide to selling your home, X, Y, and Z, I'm giving away something for free. Mm -hmm. And then they do that. I get their lead information. They get value from me. They've already got value from the blog post or right. they're getting this guide that's, you know, customized for them exactly for what they need, for what their questions are. Mm -hmm. And it's providing more value than the initial question. Right. And then I can contact them. Right. Now, um, that is taking people through a funnel. Right. They, they search something on Google, they land on your blog post, they click to your call to action, they fill out a form and now they're elite. Correct. Now you take them and you put them and you start to engage with them. You can call them, you can email them, you can text them. Some people ask me, well, which one should I do? And I usually say, look, people communicate in different ways. That's right. You email me, I probably, it'll take me a while. If you text me, I will get back to you lightning quick. Some people are like, don't text me, call me. Yeah. Some people are like, you know, uh, DM me on Facebook. Yep. So yeah. I tell people exactly what I Omni, teach. Is it omni-channel press? Exactly right? what I teach. So I teach realtors. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for 31 years. But I teach realtors. I'm like, look, if you're going to reach out to the real estate community, because I teach realtors how, like, it's this is this is not part of this, but what, what I teach them is I'm like, look, everybody has a different modality, mm -hmm. right? Some people are audio. Yeah. Some people are auditory. Yeah. Some people want to see their visual. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some people, they, you know, it's, it's all about email, right? So you need to call them, text them and email. Them. Yep. And they, and they literally sit in these classes that I teach and they go, they look at me like, and I'm like, I know, like, that's I, a get lot. I get it, I get it, I get it, right? Their eyes are like this big around, right? The thing is, everybody has a different way about them and you'll figure it out, right? When you call them, text them and email yeah, them, for sure. you'll get emails back, you'll get texts back, you'll get calls back. Sure. I mean, it. You know, you'll figure it out, right? And not not only that, but when you do that, it gives the impression that your brand is bigger than it actually is. Yeah. Because it's like, oh man, I you know I I went on social media, I saw this video. Mike was talking about home, you know, things you can add to your your home before you sell. And then I got a text from him, and yeah. then I got a postcard from him, then I got an email from like this guy's everywhere. Maybe yeah. you know maybe. The next time something's up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him. Yeah, because you stay top of mind, right? And yeah. you're and you're giving value. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so digital marketing is creating funnels. Yep. Search engine optimization, yep. landing pages, yep. right? Yep. Anything else? Yeah. Um. You know, I think that uh, reputation management is important too. Yeah. Um. People want to drive agree. reviews, uh, and especially real estate agents. You know, they want to scale up in specific farms in a local area. So your local search engine optimization is important as well. Your Google My Business listing, 
um, you know, accurate, relevant information across all business listings online. Because when somebody searches for a home, they're not going to put, you know, Mike Litton realtor, right. they're going to put homes in San Diego, right? Homes in Claremont, you know what I mean? Right. And so, yeah, we teach agents how to rank on Google and maps when somebody's looking for homes in a certain area and a certain price point. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, you know, and I mean, and, and you know, it, and, and a, a lot of it too is trial and error. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and, and by the way, work like I've, I've said no to a lot of clients because people, when you work with me, I'm not going to just deliver ads and leads for you like that. Like if somebody's like, well, here's my budget, just launch a bunch of ads for me. Like, okay, sure, I'll do that. But building an organic brand is long-term. Yeah. This stuff takes time. Yes, it does. And so I want to work with totally people agree. that understand that. And I I'm, totally agree you know, with that. And so they're like, yeah, I'm in it for the long haul. I understand this is going to take time um, because there really are no quick shortcut solutions. Correct. You know, I agree with that. So, so people, so what you were saying was people um, will give you, can give you a, a budget and you'll take out ads and, and that kind of thing. And that's great. But one of the things that people need to understand is this building a brand thing takes time. It does. Like it is, it is a, it right. is a long deal, long game, not a short game. Right. And, right? It's, and it's super important because in the, the business economy that we live in right now, right. everything is instant gratification. Right. Anybody, I mean, we're all walking around with computers in our pockets. Yeah. Anybody can start a business. Anybody yeah. can create content. And so the, the competition and the amount of content is going up, yeah. people's attention spans are going down. Yeah. So consumers are shifting towards recognizable brands yeah. um, because they know them, yeah. right? It's easier. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah. So that's, and that's the important, and for, for real estate agents especially, personal branding is the absolute most important thing you can do. Yeah. Because people don't want to work with you because you're, you work for Keller Williams. They want to work with you because you're you. Right. You know, and that's that person, personal side of it um, is, you know, uh, that's the reason, that's what's going um, to attract yeah. clients to, yeah. right? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I've been telling people that forever, mm -hmm. right? Even even when I was with Keller Williams and I was recruiting agents to our office and that kind of thing, we had one of the largest offices in North America. Right. Um, and we were, you know, we were, we were a success story, right? Mm -hmm. The thing is, it wasn't about as much as, as much as I loved my office, as much as I, you know, worked my, my tail end off to make sure that I, that I delivered for my agents and all that kind of thing. It didn't matter how much of that we did. It came down to who they were. Totally. And people, people want to work with them. Mm -hmm. And they, they don't, people don't care about the bright, shiny objects. They don't care about all that stuff. Yeah. What they care about is who you are. Yeah. And are you going to show up? Right. Are you going to be authentic? Yeah. Are you going to be vulnerable? Yeah. Right. Are you going to be all those things that Do they're I like looking you? for? Yeah. That's what are you I gonna say. Be like, they don't like they're you. They're, they're not going to listen to anything you say. They're not going to totally, totally like you. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things, you know, I, I always tell my clients a story when I was, uh, you know, scaling up my business working at New Venture, I get this call one day, and this guy's like, hey, you know, my name's Matt, I got a hair restoration company in San Diego, and I, you know, I understand you do some marketing, they'll hire me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, you know, how did you hear about me? Because, you know, you always want to know. Right. And he's like, oh, I saw one of your videos, and so I'm thinking, okay, it was probably like the Black Friday video, or, or one of those, because we had like a Black Friday special. And so I asked him, I said, well, was it the Black Friday video? He's like, 
Oh no, I you know, you you posted this video on your personal page about how hard it was going through your divorce and, and uh, being like a, a, a split custody parent. And I'm like, Oh, okay, all right, well so you don't that's what you don't know anything about you know, like you don't know if I'm any good at what I do and he's like, No, you just I you know, went through something similar, I resonated with that and so uh I connect you, you seem like a guy I don't want to work with. Yeah. Right? And that's so, exact that's exactly why we do this. Right, we do this yeah. because your story will resonate with somebody. Exactly, somebody and a vulnerable story. Right? Yeah. I wasn't like I just sold a ten million dollar deal, yeah. and you know I'm driving around in my Porsche, and yeah. you know. So no, it was a struggle. Yeah. People will connect more with your struggles exactly. than they will with your wins. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so we just had this conversation in this very uh, in this very place. Yeah. A couple of days ago yep. and it was this exact conversation because the conversation we were having with a guest on the podcast and it was before we started obviously but it was look i know that what we're going to talk about is painful i know that what we're going to talk about is going to hurt mm -hmm. okay we need to let it hurt yeah. we need to let it be painful we need to let you you need to let yourself be vulnerable okay yep. i know this is hard to talk about yep. but here's the thing you're going to add value, and your your story is going to add value to people. Yeah, that's exactly okay. Right. I mean, there are going to be people that are that are going to listen to this that are going through addiction, mm -hmm. that are trying to get better, they're mm -hmm. trying to get healed, they're trying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's unbelievable how people connect. Like they might be from Minneapolis, they might be from St. Paul, whatever, right? They're like, oh yeah, I get it, right? Maybe they're in music, that kind of thing. Exactly. You know that that's why I have all my clients list out pillars yeah say you know they're like well i'm a real estate agent okay okay well the average consumer knows 12 of those right so how are you gonna make you know what else are you yeah well let's see you know um i love riding horses yeah. okay cool there, there's one of them yeah i love my grandkids okay great there's one of them. i love country music okay cool there's one of them. Yeah. i like going out to eat okay there you go yeah there's five things that you can create content about yeah that not only show that you're an agent that's great but what else are you yeah. Who are you? Yeah. What are you passionate about? You know, yeah. and that is what that's what people resonate with. Yeah. No, I, so totally I always agree. have them do that when anybody's like, I don't know what to post. Say, well, give me five things you're passionate about. It's always about connection. Yeah. All right. And there's something there, like you know, I, I tell people this all the time. Um, our very first guest, our podcast is new, by the way. We just we just did our we just posted our thirtieth episode. Very today, cool. Very right. Cool. So we're brand new. So you're in at the ground floor, baby. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Right? So so we post this. So the very first interview that we did was with Alan Nevin. Alan Nevin is one of the top economists in the nation and happens to be located here in San Diego mm -hmm. and is is a good buddy of mine. He's been a regular on my radio show since 2011. Okay. Alan Nevin changed my life and he didn't even know it. He just found out the other day when we interviewed him for the podcast. Alan Nevin was, there was a, the Building Industry Association every year had a dinner, and the dinner was called the Bull and Bear, and it was January of every year. And the bull would get up, that's Alan. Alan would get up and talk about how great everything's going to be. The bear would get up and talk about how awful everything's going to be. <laughs> and the two of them never agreed on anything oh, until January of 2000. January of 2000, they finally agree on one thing, and that is that we're running out of preventable land in San Diego County to build on. And I got a chill from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet because I'm 100% builder. I have absolutely no other source of my business yeah. except builder. I'm in the mortgage business at the time. Yeah. 
and I've got a baby here. I've got another one on the way that's going to be born in, in, in June of that year. By that time next year, by January of the following year, I own a Keller Williams franchise. Okay, that's how he rocked my world. Like yep. changed everything. So I literally sat there and went, "I got to diversify." Yeah, I got to get back into the retail side, right? So I ended up getting back into the retail side, which leads me to a presentation with somebody from Keller Williams who ends up recruiting me as a as a franchise owner, mm -hmm. right? And I buy a franchise and we open it. That's how all this goes. It gets goes down, right? And it's all because Alan was on stage agreeing with this bear. The one, first time they ever agreed. Yeah. And I literally told him that the other day. And he was seen. blown away, yeah. right? So here's what we learned. So Alan did his undergrad at Maryland. He's a terrapin, right? He he did his MB, got his MBA from Stanford. You know who else did that? No. Sergey Brin. Okay. Co-founder of a little company called Google. Right. Right? Right. Their, their graduation, he and Larry Page, their graduation project was a search engine that became Google. What they call it Google. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts. Yeah. So, but it's like, you know, that's what I'm talking about. People connect on different levels for different reasons, right? Like he went to USC um, to get to, to, to get his, he applied to USC and was accepted to, for the PhD program. Right. Got down there and figured out that USC didn't have much of a PhD program back then. Now they have an amazing one now, but back then it wasn't, it wasn't what he wanted or what he expected. Right. And so he ended up leaving and going back to, to Washington, D.C. But there are people that have heard that, that, that podcast and they're USC alums and they're right. And you know what I mean? So people just connect in different ways. Sure. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. So the, so that's the, the divorce, big, hey, that, so the divorce a, video was the thing that made the guy call you. Right. That exactly. is so amazing, man. Yep. That is so amazing. And it was you being vulnerable. Me being vulnerable. Right. Straight up. Yeah. That is so, that is unreal. That is really cool. So. Digital marketing, yep. search engine optimization, yep. all this stuff. Yep. Where are you today? What's the what's the latest? Um, the latest in what aspect? In terms of your business. So so your business has grown now. Yes. Right. So yeah. are you? So I, I'm 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 we're we're at the point now where you know as I said, um, we can basically help anybody who is trying to grow their business online. Um, in any facet, and we're talking, we're talking any business, any not business, just, not just, just real estate, estate no, nope. not any just, business. not just hair restoration, nope. right? It's basically any business, any business that needs help, right, with social media, with search engine optimization, yep. with their website, yep. with visibility, graphic yeah. design, direct mail, yeah. So, so pretty much any any aspect of, of marketing. So it's kind of plug and play, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, and how I, you know. Um, how I like to do it is the first thing I always do is I always run, I do a complete online analysis for okay. any new and anybody that's like, Hey, you know, I need some help. I go, okay, great. Run a whole bunch of reports, mm -hmm. hop on a call with them. And then I go through it all. Right. And I say, if I were in your shoes, here's, this is what we're seeing. This is what I think would help. And then I create them a custom plan and then they get a price for it. Cool. So it's not like, you know, you nope my package is five grand and uh you know if you don't want these things that's fine but it's just in the pack you know it's 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 a yeah. custom fit to what they need yeah and now that i know you as well as i do yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah because that's how yeah. you roll dude that, that that's is how, how you I, roll like if i'm somebody, not going to sell somebody yeah something that if somebody sat down with you today they would and it didn't and it wouldn't matter what the situation was 
right? right? If they were in if they were in addiction, if they were having a rough time, mm -hmm. if whatever, wouldn't matter. You would literally sit with them and, and diagnose whatever the problem, do a needs analysis, yeah. diagnose whatever the problem is, and then give them a solution. For sure. It's how you roll. That's how I like to do it. That is really cool. Yeah. Yep. That is really cool. Thank All you. right. So is there anything else you Oh, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you know, you can find uh, Level Next Consulting on Instagram, Facebook, but honestly, my phone number is 651-253-6960. Like I said, if you shoot me a text, I'll get back to you right away. Say it one more time. 651-253-6960. Okay. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Call me. Um, text me or if you want to, uh, I do it. My email is max at level next dash consulting. Okay. So level next, it's all together. Yep. Dash consulting.com. Right. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Buddy. Yep. Is there anything else you want to cover? Yes, I do. I just want to say that, um, the I'm 38, not that old, <laughs> but the older I've gotten, the more I'm learning that life is about perception. And um, that tomorrow is never guaranteed. Yeah. So tell the people that you love, you love them. Forgive the people that you're resentful towards. Um, forgive the people that you don't feel like forgiving. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just try to be kind. Yeah. Do there's those a, things. There's a life, there's life a life of in this world. Right? Yeah. And thank you, Mike, for having me. Appreciate This was but, great. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.